Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, here's our lead pastor, Matthew Malik. How many of you are ready for the Word? Okay, we're going to get into the Word. Amen. Today, in conclusion of our series, together we're talking about the risk of pursuing love. And I believe this is a message that many of you can really engage with because we can all relate to it in one way or another. But before we get into the Word, we want to pray. And this morning we want to pray for Kurt Beaversdorf and his family. His mom passed away this past Friday at the age of 99. Bernice was an amazing woman. I mean, she had so much life and vitality, and she would visit every now and then because she lived in Shawano. More recently, she uh, relocated here to Stevens Point. But when she'd come to church, she always had a smile. She always had a warm greeting. She was a woman who loved and was loved. And so, Kurt, we're going to miss Bernice, your mom. And so we want to just pray for you and your family as we open in prayer. Kurt serves at Refuge here in many capacities. He's on the, the board. He just serves in any way he can and has been for many, many years. And we go back a long way, okay? So let's join our faith together. And, 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 and Father, we just come before you right now. And we thank you for your mercy and grace. And we thank you for your comfort, Father, especially for Kurt and his family. In the passing of his mom, Father, we know that she's with you. She's at peace. She's enjoying your presence in a whole other dimension. And, Father, we just thank you for helping them to, to get through this next season of their lives, Father, as they look to you for strength. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you for everyone that's gathered here today as well. And we pray, Father, that you would open up their ears to hear, their eyes to see. That truth, Father, would become more real to them. Father, with a greater understanding of truth so that they can live their lives in a way to truly honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now we've shared with you that the word together means to be in contact. It means connection, collision, or union. It's mixing ingredients together is one use of the word together. Together as an adjective means to be appropriately prepared, to be organized or balanced, composed in mind or manner. You know, you often hear the expression, oh, they have it all together. Or you may hear, they don't have it together. And so it talks about that whole issue of, of you know, their life either being a mess or being together. The scripture that we've used for this series, we see in Acts 2.44, it kind of sets a backdrop in addressing this whole theme of together. Acts 2.44 in the English Standard Version reads this way. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. I believe God is wanting to do something to establish a commonness among us. Uh, when we believe there are things in common, or what I could say, or what we could call common denominators that we all share together. And if we focus often on our differences, 
we'll be blinded to what we have or share in common. And so the problem in, cult, in our culture today, we're focusing so much on our differences. And, and even though diversity is important, it's, it's not always our differences that cause us to come together. It's what we have in common. It's what we can relate to, to connect to each other that brings us together. And we can celebrate our differences, but it's what we have in common that really is what brings us together. And we have to work at not being divisive or contentious or opinionated, especially in light of what we see in our culture today. Every one of us are entitled to our opinion. However, our opinion is what often causes division. And there's, you know, there's two sides to every issue. But yet truth, and when we seek the truth of God, we can come to the place of understanding what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad. And it's interesting, the word opinion, you want to know the definition of the word? An opinion, I'll tell you whether you want to know it or not, okay? <laughs> you don't have an opinion on that one, okay? <laughs> no. An opinion is defined as a view or judgment formed about something, not necessarily based on fact or knowledge. And so that's important to understand. You may show your opinion, but where's the facts? Where's the knowledge? Where's the understanding of your, that backs up your opinion? Now, in John 17, 17, Jesus, in his prayer to the Father in the Garden of Gethsemane, prayed, and he said this in his prayer, Your word is truth. So Jesus, in his prayer to the Father, identified the word of God as truth. In John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. It reads in the English Standard Version, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. A disciple is a follower. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. See, it's, it's the truth that makes a difference in our life. It's the, truth, it's the truth that brings freedom. And sometimes the truth can be hard to swallow or hard to receive. But when we receive the truth, it brings freedom. It always results in freedom. And I believe at Refuge, we're seekers of truth. Because you don't want to live a lie. And in our culture today, people are embracing lies. And it's blinding them from the truth. But when we do what Jesus said here, when we abide or we live or take residence in his word, we're going to know the truth. And that truth will bring freedom in our life. See, it's our connection to God that allows us to most effectively connect to one another. And so that's, and that's a real focus of this today in this message when we talk about the risk of pursuing love. Now, risk, the risk of pursuing love, I think, should be a topic that should poke some interest here today. And risk actually is defined as a situation involving exposure to danger, injury, or loss. There's a risk in doing about anything. You know, there was a risk in you coming here this morning. If you didn't have enough gas in your tank, the risk of running out of gas or Uh, Who knows what? You can make a long laundry list of risk that you face every day in your life. But, you know, I don't want, when we look at this definition, again, I'm going to share it. 
Risk is defined as a situation involving exposure to danger, injury, or loss. I don't want you to define risk in this fashion. Even though this is a true definition, it's an accurate definition, I want, you to, I want you to consider risk as an opportunity to gain, not lose. As an opportunity to experience more that life has to offer to you. See, risk should not be viewed as something we lose, but it must be viewed as something we gain, okay? Ecclesiastes 11.2, Solomon, in his writing, declares this statement. He says, but divide your investments among many places, for you do not know what risks might lie ahead. And, and he's talking about, in just in the context of what he's talking about, he's talking about investments. And diversify. Any investor will say you need to be diversified in your investments. Don't put all of your eggs in one pot. You know, you need to spread it out, you know, in, in different aspects of, of the financial market because there's risk in every aspect of a financial market. But yet when you diversify, then you stand to gain more often than you lose. Now, we realize that there is no gain and increase without risk. Every financial investment is a risk, and there are some risks that are worth taking, and there are some risks that are not worth taking. I was once talking to somebody about an investment, and they said, this is an investment that don't invest any more money than you would be willing to lose. And so, well, that's a good indication not to put a whole lot into that investment because you could lose everything, right? Now, I grew up on a farm, and every time we planted grain, seed, in the springtime, we were taking a risk. We're taking a risk that we could have a crop failure. We were taking a risk that other elements could affect that crop. In fact, my dad would always tell us, and my brother David is here sitting in our front row, he would say, farming is a gamble. Every time, every year, it's taking a risk in what we do. And, and that's, that's so true. But yet, if we failed to plant seed because we were afraid of taking a risk, we would fail to reap a harvest. And so there's, there's two sides to that whole thing. Now, love, and you can write this down if you're taking notes, love is an investment. And with every investment, there is risk. Every time we love, we're taking a risk. The risk could be hurt, heartache, disappointment, rejection. The risk could also be missing out on true love and experiencing what true love has to offer you. And so when we talk about pursuit, because we talk about the pursuit of, 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 of love or the, uh, the risk of pursuing love, when we talk about pursuit, To pursue means to follow or go after something or someone. And it has positive and negative connotations. Now, you certainly don't want a police officer to be in pursuit of you, right? I don't want to be uh, pursued by a police officer because that might mean I'm in trouble. I'm speeding or um, I've done something wrong and they're after me. So a question and, and we're going to give you some information. And so you, if you are taking notes, I think this will be helpful to you. 
in whatever stage you are at in a relationship. But the question is, what are the risks of loving someone? What are the risks of loving someone? Well, the, the first on the top of this list is rejection. And that's when love is not reciprocated back to you. And everyone at some point or another in your life has experienced rejection. How many of you have experienced rejection? I mean, every hand should go up. Rejection causes a hurt, a heartache, and a pain. And very often, rejection can become a wall in our lives because of that hurt and pain that was caused. Because someone rejected us, we don't want to be hurt again. So we won't let anyone in. We won't let anyone close to us because we don't want to suffer rejection. And yet, the Bible tells us that Jesus was despised and rejected of men. And we need to understand that Jesus experienced every level of rejection, even by one of his disciples that betrayed him, someone that he spent three and a half years of his time pouring his life into, stabbed him in the back, and betrayed him. That level of rejection caused great hurt and pain in Jesus. He experienced that. And so rejection, again, is on the top of that list. And uh, the next thing on the list is hurt and heartache, which is a result of broken trust. How many times does someone experience hurt and heartache because trust was violated? You believed in somebody and they let you down. They disappointed you. And trust is something that we understand is is we're able to rebuild it if it's been broken. But it has to be proven to another person. You know, we may forgive someone, but that doesn't mean we have to trust them again until they show themselves trustworthy. You know, and sometimes people have a dilemma. They say, do I have to forgive them? And immediately in their mind, they're thinking, well, if I forgive them, then I have to trust them. No, there's two different issues that we're talking about. Forgiveness is one thing. We, we do that because... God mandates that out of his love nature, because we're born of love, we must forgive. If we don't forgive, we will hold the hurt inside. We'll never find wholeness or healing as long as you're harboring or holding unforgiveness towards someone. But when you forgive, you release that hurt and heartache. But then it's building trust or rebuilding trust with that person, if that's even possible or feasible. It may not be. You may just have to go your separate way and, and learn a, a, a life lesson from that encounter or situation. Another risk of loving someone is loss. When that person is no longer in your life, even after, after you've invested so much, and it could result even from a death of a loved one, the loss of a loved one. And, and I heard this uh, pastor one time at a funeral, and I've, I've never forgotten it. In fact, I use it all the time. When you lose someone that you love through death, you hurt. And it's okay to hurt. Because if you don't hurt, it means you haven't loved. Because it hurts to lose someone you love. Now, even though, Kurt, your mom was ready to go home and be with Jesus. She had set her gaze on being in heaven. She could care less about turning 100 years old. Everybody was singing, saying and encouraging her for her 100th birthday. She, she didn't want that. She just wanted to go home and be with Jesus. And, but yet, 
now that she's gone, we rejoice with her. But there's still a hurt because there was love. Amen? So, another risk is fear and anxiety. And that fear and anxiety is rooted in finding true fulfillment in a relationship. Because of hurts and disappointments, and people begin to question and they have fear and anxiety. Will I ever find someone that I can love and that will love me? And, and see, that's something I, I know. When I went into a relationship with Deb as we were building our relationship together, which led to marriage, before I would go down that aisle and say, I do, I needed to know that this woman loved me regardless of who I was. With my strengths, my weaknesses, I mean, this is who I am. I can't be anything other than, you know, who I am. And, and I, I knew she loved me for who I was. And so I was very confident in knowing, and, and, and it's reciprocated too. I love her for who she is and who she is becoming and everything. She, she's a good woman. Amen. She really is. Right? Good amen for that one? Okay. Yeah. So, and then the, another risk of loving someone, and, and these are just a few. I'm sure you could add to and make your own list. Another risk is failure. And realize that just because you fail does not make you a failure. You get up and you try again. See, the fear of failure will hold you back. With every risk, there's potential failure. There's potential for failure. Winston Churchill made a statement, and I I like this quote. He states, success consists of going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. I like that. Amen. Oh, yeah, well, we had a fail, but we're going forward because we're going to have a win. We're going to succeed at this. Now, the risk of pursuing love requires several things. And, and, and so if you're taking notes, you might want to write these down too. And the first uh, risk of pursuing love requires vulnerability. Now, this is not too many people want to be vulnerable. Being vulnerable is not easy. And really, it's allowing others to, into your life. It's allowing them to speak into your life. See, we must also be willing to speak into the lives of others even at the risk that it may end the relationship. It's being honest. See, honesty is something, that's a quality in Deb that attracted me to her. Her honesty. She never told me what I wanted to hear. She told me the truth. And you know, the Bible says how painful are honest words. Sometimes the truth, it actually hurts. But you know, I know it helps because when I accept and and recognize the truth, I'll never get past my issue unless I receive the truth because that I'm not going to live a lie, okay? So vulnerability. Now, being vulnerable is not the same as being gullible. Uh, being vulnerable requires trusting. And the question you need to ask, do you trust? It may be difficult for you to trust. And if it is, start by trusting God. Because God won't let you down. And even though you may think he has, he will not fail you. You can trust him. Another risk that pursuing love requires is total commitment. 
And commitment in our culture and society is not a popular term. And I believe that without total commitment, there will never be total fulfillment in a relationship. You can't live and exist in a relationship with a half-hearted commitment. You've got to be all in. You've got to be committed. But, and that's especially a relationship if it's progressing to be something beyond just a friendship. Uh, especially with a life partner, it, it needs to evolve into a total commitment. Because without total commitment, you will never find total fulfillment in a relationship. Even in your relationship with God, you will never be totally fulfilled in your relationship with God until you're totally committed to him. That's a total surrender of your life to him, allowing, allowing him to truly be Lord and Savior. The risk of pursuing love also requires authenticity. And this is simply not pretending to be someone you're not, to be true to who you are. And, and if there's areas that you need to grow and improve, then uh, there's this character training. As we spend time in the Word, as we renew our mind to the truth of the Word, it affects how we think, how we act, how we speak. It begins to change us and transform us from the inside out. Another uh, risk of pursuing love requirement is integrity. And integrity is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, moral uprightness. It's, it's being true to yourself. It's being true to others. Integrity is, is when you look at this um, podium, uh, there's integrity in its construction so that it can serve the purpose it was designed for. And if there was a, uh, a lack of integrity, it could fall down. It, could, it may not be able to stand or last as it, as it should. But integrity ensures that there's something holding it together so that it, it will stand. So the question I want to ask you, are you a risk taker? Are you a risk taker? Now, you have to determine if something, first of all, is worth the risk. So you will never experience true love unless you are willing to take a risk. And now, I'm speaking, there's a lot of married couples here today. And and this really can apply in your present situation, right where you're at. Uh, For those that are not married, and this is something that you believe in God for the right mate, the right spouse, you know, this can often be a greater challenge. But realize you will never experience or know true love unless you are willing to take a risk. In fact, you will miss out a lot in life if you are unwilling to take a risk. You're going to miss some things. You know, there was a time I had to risk eating and biting into a piece of chocolate cake. If I looked at that, I'd say, hey, that that's, looks dark. That, I, I don't know if I want to eat that. Well, you had to take a risk. I would never enjoy and know what it means to enjoy eating chocolate cake unless I was willing to take a risk, okay? So today you go out to the restaurant, uh, take a risk on the dessert, okay? Um, all right. Because you will never know what you're missing out on until you try it, okay? All right. Well, now, let me... Uh, Consider, let's consider something. There's this thing called risk factors. 
It's a term that's most common in the medical field. There's risk factors with surgeries, with procedures that are done. There's always a risk factors, a factor. And the doctor will go over with you what the risk factors are. He'll disclose to you those things so that you know exactly what you're getting into. And then you base your decision on the risk factors. If they're minimal, yeah, let's go forward with this. If they're high, then you tend to say, no, um, I'm going to hold off with this. Let's look at other options. Let's look at what else we can do. Um, So we take risks in life for several reasons. And I'm going to, I have a lot of lists for you today, if that's okay. So uh, if you want these notes, maybe I can get a copy of them to you if you're really nice, okay? Okay, we take risk in life for several reasons. One is the fear of being alone for the rest of your life. Another one is the fear of staying in the dead-end job with no future. So you're not willing to look and explore at anything else that may be out there. The fear of missing out on all that life can offer. And also another one is... We take risks because of dissatisfaction. We're dissatisfied with where life is at. We also take risks because we want more out of life. So these are reasons we often take risks in life. We want more out of life, so we need to take a risk. You need to step out. You know, when, when, when somebody is beginning a business, that's a great risk because they don't know the outcome. They don't know whether or not this thing is going to succeed or not. There's risk, but the potential of taking that risk could bring great blessing into their life and into the lives of others as that business grows, as they can employ others and and be a blessing to serve in the community in some capacity. And so I want to talk a little bit about risk management. How many of you want to know about risk management? But before we do that, following, tracking with me, I want to throw out something for you, and it's called the roadblocks to love. And really, this issue, if you're going to be taking a risk, you need to understand these roadblocks. What keeps us from loving others? Well, there's three that I have on this list. The first is selfishness, self-centeredness. This is a roadblock to love. And you need to get past yourself if you're going to truly love others. And so selfishness is, is rooted I believe in pride, and that's the second one. Pride is another roadblock to love. And that pride is simply saying, I'm too good for others. I'm better than you. You're positioning yourself in a higher place. You're looking down on, at others rather than looking at, that, at, at an equal level or playing field. And, and pride, I believe, is often the sin you don't recognize that you have. Because pride is blinding to the person that is controlled by pride. See, others can often recognize pride in you before you can see it in yourself. Because pride is deceptive. And you may be proud and you don't know it. And the only cure for pride is humility. The Bible, in several references, charges us to humble ourselves before God. Humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Humble ourselves before others because in humility, we're removing the element of pride in our life. And humility is really the ability to receive from God. It's the ability to receive from others, whether it's a compliment, whether it's correction. Humility is the ability to receive forgiveness. It's 
the ability to receive in many capacities. So when we talk about now risk management, every time you get out of bed each day, you're taking a risk. And risk management is actually a process of identifying any potential threats that may occur during the investment process and doing anything possible to mitigate or eliminate those dangers. In other words, to manage risk, you basically do things to remove or minimize the risk. Risk management is the process of identifying, assessing, and controlling threats, whatever those threats may be. Now, to love... Oh, my voice went up there. (laughs) To love... okay, To love, okay. To love is the greatest risk in life. Okay, if you don't get anything else out of this message, write that down. It's the greatest risk in life. Why? Because there's a a chance that you will not be loved in return. There's a chance for a broken heart, a broken marriage, or a broken home. But yet we need to be willing to stick our neck out. And so the scripture tells us, and we see a passage in the book of Romans, chapter 16, verses 3 through 5. Uh, the apostle Paul is exhorting and, and mentioning a number of people that assisted him and helped him in his mission, in his work. And he says, greet Priscilla, or Prisca, and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. Notice verse 4 who risked their lives for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. So we see that this couple were willing to stick their neck out for Paul and for the churches to assist and aid him in his mission and in his calling. And so the gratitude that came from Paul was because this couple was willing to take a risk and to stick their neck out for him. Now, that's love. And worship team can come up at this time. We need to understand that God took the greatest risk by sending his son, who would be despised and rejected by men. And Jesus risked his life for us. He laid his life down for us. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, But God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, notice that again. God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He laid down his life as a sacrifice because of his love for you to save you from the consequences of sin, to save you from separation from Christ. As we transition in the service, and in a few moments, we're going to share communion together. But before we do, I want to extend an invitation. And this invitation is for anyone that may not have yet made their peace with God. You know, we know that there's decisions we make in life. There's choices we make in life. And there's choices that only you can make for yourself. And one of those choices 
is your connection and relationship to God. And the question is, have you made your peace with Jesus Christ? Have you made your peace with God? Have you come to understand what he did for you through his life, through his death, through his resurrection? How as we see in Romans 5.8 that he showed his love for you by dying in your place. See, when we understand this whole thing about Christianity, it's really coming to know that Jesus came to save us from our sins. And to do that, he had to substitute himself in exchange for our freedom. He took the penalty so that we could be set free. He took the blame so that you could be forgiven. He offers his life. And the reason that Jesus raised, was raised from the dead is because there was no sin in him, although he took upon the sins of the world to pay the price for those sins. Anything and everything that you've ever done to offend God, to hurt others, to hurt yourself, Jesus paid the price for it. Forgiveness is a beautiful thing. Forgiveness is the greatest expression of God's love. Forgiveness is a need for every human being. Everyone needs forgiveness. And when you're forgiven, you're set free and you're empowered by the love of God to forgive others. And so God wants to demonstrate his love by bringing forgiveness to those that may not have encountered his love. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I I don't want anybody looking around right now. This is between you and God. I extend an invitation to pray for those that may be in a place right now where you say, my life is not right with God, and I know it. If you were to die today, is there a question whether or not you would go to heaven or hell? If there is, this invitation is for you. Because you can make your peace with God. You can be right with Him. You can find forgiveness today in this place before you exit this building. And you can encounter His love in a way that will transform your life. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I don't know that my life is right with God. If I were to die today, there's uncertainty. And I'm willing to commit my life to Jesus Christ and open my heart to Him. If that's you this morning, just slip your hand up so I can see it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see those hands. You can put those hands down. We're going to stand up together right now. Everyone stand up, and we're going to pray a prayer together. There were a number of people that raised their hands. And and I commend you for your boldness to lift your hands because you've acknowledged that you are a sinner who needs a Savior. So I'm going to lead you in what I call a believer's prayer. It's simply a prayer that we pray that we can appropriate God's love in our life and acknowledge Him as our Lord and our Savior. And it begins to allow God inside to do what only He can do. So repeat this prayer with me or after me. Heavenly Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Jesus, you are the Savior, the one who came to die for my sins. I acknowledge that 
right now. And I believe in my heart that you died for me. And I believe in my heart that you rose from the dead to give me life. Jesus, I put my trust in you. Forgive me of my sins and be the Lord of my life and make my life what you want it to be. Amen. Now, Father, I pray for everyone that prayed that prayer for the first time that you would engage them with your love, with your forgiveness. Father, help them to see, to experience and encounter your presence even in this moment. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray for everyone else that's here today or listening. Father, that you would give them a greater revelation of your love and an understanding of the risk of pursuing love as they grow, Father, and develop and build healthy relationships with others. We thank you for bringing healing to hurt and heartache and bringing deliverance to those who have suffered from rejection. In Jesus' name, amen. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge.